Hey, 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 this is Tony, and you know what time it is. It is time for another edition of the Disability Dojo. I think it's high time that I talk about the D word. That's right, disability. Gets thrown around all the time on this podcast. Gets thrown around all the time in the world I travel in, in terms of professionally, it's accepted and is universally said. And I think it's important that we take a, a little bit of time here in the Independent Life Podcast to acknowledge that and give you some takes on my perspective about it. And it's not necessarily the right perspective. It's one that's always evolving. And so just wanting you to know where I'm coming from. And again, open to everything attached to nothing. So a caveat to getting into this discussion or anything related to social etiquette and, and all these other kind of important things that we're going to get into into the dojo. It's my take. It's my perspective. It necessarily doesn't <laughs> reflect those of, of, you know, other people. And it's kind of coming where I'm coming from. And where I'm coming from is a, is a place of privilege. It's a place of ignorance of many times. It, and, and I'm you know, doing the best that I can to acknowledge how much I don't know and continually looking to be in the seat of a learner. And I'm not gonna, always going to get it right. And, you know, I think that's you know, something that uh, I look forward to in terms of the growth process. It, it doesn't feel good when don't get things right or don't understand. And, but that's a very important part of growing and look forward to doing that alongside other people. And I'm open to, you know, I like to try and be open to everything and attached to nothing in many ways as, as I approach this as well because of my lack of understanding. And considering that, you know, I'm evolving and again, not where I want to be tomorrow, but uh, hopefully better than it was yesterday. And all of this is a, is a lot of humility that I'm, I'm trying to cultivate and be better at. In the field of public health, there's a mention of cultural competency. As it goes deeper, it does talk about cultural humility and really embracing that we don't know and coming to terms with that and subordinating the ego and you know wanting to be the professional, the expert, uh, the you know person that's professing and, and doing all these other kind of things. And it's, you know, I'm subject to doing that. And it's my mission and it's my work to, to get better and humbling myself and subordinating those kind of forces that really are, I think, some of the things that underline a lot of my ignorance. So I'm, I'm coming from this place and in terms of talking about the word disability and, and anything that we would be talking about related to social etiquette or you know, conversations that we have on the podcast that, you know, really try to embrace this. And I think it's important for me to acknowledge that and always be cultivating that space and place and mindset within myself is always constantly learning and uh, having the courage to know that I'm going to get it wrong, but still putting myself out there to do it anyway. It's not easy. It's important to, to have this conversation, to lean into this bravely and because there's there's terms, there's concepts, there's the context of which this conversation is happening. There's a framework to it. There's important underlying things that I, I think are important for us to be able to understand and, and have a place that we can come to and talk about these things. And, and certainly this is the D word, the disability word 
is I think a very important part of this in terms of really kind of uh, having an introduction to you know, more conversations about it. And so it's a charged word. You know, many people, when I go out to give lectures or do some public speaking, I often ask the crowd, you know, what they think about the word disability and their approaches to it. And it's a tough conversation at first to have for many people in many audiences. It seems like it's talking about death sometimes. It's really interesting. Like it's one of those things that's a part of the natural human condition that we don't like to talk a lot about for whatever reasons that it may be. And you know, sometimes there's a there, there's a place there where we got to really create that safe and brave space for people to really open up and talk about it. There, a lot of fear of saying the wrong things. Like I alluded to earlier, it's very understandable. I certainly have it in many areas and still working on that. And so one of the disarming questions I throw out there is, you know, what words have you heard that are synonymous with the word disability? You know, what, what is out there that you, you know, heard that means the same thing as disability? And the audience invariably shares, you know, a lot of different words out there that, and I have the caveat that it doesn't need to be a word that you necessarily agree on, but I ask you, you know, what, what are some of the words you heard about that are synonymous with disability? And, and list as many as you can. And they don't have to be words, they shouldn't be words that you agree with, it's just words that you've heard about. And I encourage you to make the longest list that you can. And ultimately, this exercise goes towards, you know, listing out these terms, which could be, you know, you open up the thesaurus and, and it's in there. But, you know, it could be handicapped. It could be retarded. It could be mangled, crippled, maimed. It, it could be handicapable. It could be words that have softeners to them. It could be words that used in certain fields, such as education, like exceptional, special, different. There's many, many, many words that could be synonymously used with disability. And, you know, after going through the laundry list with those that I asked this question about, you know, often nearly 100% of the words aren't very flattering. They're not very empowering. Then we're left with the question, well, what do we call it? And then I asked that question and got really good responses, some of which that come to mind are kind of the abilities spectrum, the abilities spectrum, neurologically different, learning differences versus learning disabilities. There's been a few others that are like, oh, yeah, okay, that maybe, but I'm not sure there's been one that universally 100% of the population let alone, I'm sure, a solid consensus uh, has really uh, collected itself around. And I, 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 I challenge all of us to figure out what that word might be that could be more, more empowering, more encompassing, more truthful. So we're left with disability. Why disability? Well, I certainly don't like labels. And I think there's a really good quote. I forget who it was by. The quote being that when you label me, you negate me. Just by putting a label onto somebody, we're subject to them putting people in a box and having barriers around perhaps understanding who they are. It's often people with disabilities, including myself, often find that when introduced to somebody that really doesn't know us, they see the disability first, perhaps. And so, yeah, that could be a place that where labels kind of are really tough. I was so moved one time when I was given a program access and effective communications uh, seminar to county workers. It was like 300 and they're asking really good questions. And one of them was a, a black mother of a nine-year-old boy. And she was struggling to get him identified as somebody with autism. She did have you know, some medical diagnoses. 
in our school system, you also have to have an educational diagnosis. And she was really toying with the idea of really, do I, you know, put this label on my son, another label on a little black boy was the last thing that she wanted. She was coming from such a heart spaced felt empathy for her child being in a place in a system that has odds stacked against him and another label. And what will that do to him? And having to go through all these testing, I was very moved by that. And and we had good conversations, but at the end of the day, my takeaway is, is that no, I, I don't want that boy labeled. Not at all. Not at all. And I do want him to have the services that he needs. And from talking with her, he does need services and he needs to be qualified as having a disability to get these services. And maybe these services should be for everybody and we don't need to have labels and put on it. But that then gets also complicated when we look at, you know, treating people with certain health conditions and health insurance and, and people that are professionals that want to get paid for, for treating people that are identified as um, having a need. And so if we don't have certain labels that identify certain things that are tangibly descriptive and then can look at to see if this group of people that we're now labeling have health needs. Like we said in the last disability dojo and other things, like we can now identify if certain groups of people based on these labels are have inequities. We wouldn't be able to tell if inequities exist if we weren't labeling. So it's a paradox. It's tough. Can two different opposing thoughts and beliefs exist in the same place and make sense? I don't know. Um, so I find that is something to be part of this and whether or not we like the word disability and the label that it brings, it's the word that's right now universally accepted. It's been legislatively institutionalized, the Americans with Disabilities Act. That was 1990. And so it's been since then, you know, decades of legislation that's written to help protect people with disabilities or to uh, make sure there's equity has the word disability in it. It's certainly all over the health field, the medicine and public health embrace the word disability as well as other synonyms, but disability is pretty much embraced there. The fields of education, again, put some softeners on it here and there and special and exceptional education. But at the end of the day, they're identifying people with disabilities, often use the word disability, especially on post-secondary institutions. They'll have a disability resource center that literally has disability in the name. So it's institutionalized. The word disability, whether we like it or not, is the word that's accepted. And, you know, words do matter. So it's complicated. And I often point towards, it's Eckhart Tolle. He's the author of The Power of Now. I think a very, very powerful, powerful book. What he says about words and about labels is that they're signposts that are meant to direct us towards a place and essence of meaning that we're really trying to get towards. And yes, words are important. You know, we should look at that signpost to say, is that the right word to be on that signpost? At the same time, even if it's not the perfect word, can we get to the essence and the nature of where it's pointing to? Whatever that word is, whatever it, it is that we choose to do that, you know, talking about the nature of disability and what it's like to have a disability um, is a very important conversation to have. It's more important to identify what the word is. But once you know, we get past that, what are we really talking about uh, when we talk about disability and what it points to and what is in there? And so... When I think about the word disability, one of the best responses I ever seen was uh, by a gentleman who had multiple learning disabilities and was given a lecture. And you know, his, his response was, you know, I don't care what you call me, whether disability, handicapable, whatever it is, 
just don't call me unemployed. Don't call me uneducated. Don't call me unfair, untreated. Don't call me unhealthy. Don't call me those things. And those are the things that, you know, especially in the previous episode with uh, in the Disability Dojo that we talked about health, where there are inequities all across there that we can say, unfortunately, due to these disparities, people with disabilities are unhealthy or haven't had the educational attainment as a whole as other people. So I think those labels, you know, are much worse than, than whatever we could be coming up to identify the demographics that encompass our population. But I do believe it's important that we do find and land on yourself know, that's more powerful. So when I work with people who had learning disabilities, it was very common for them to say, no, we just learn differently. And it was super empowering for them. And it's something I totally get. They, they just had a different system and style of learning. Sometimes it took longer, but more oftentimes than not, they comprehended more and had more retention of information that they had. And they just had different ways of going about doing it. And I think we all learn differently to a large extent. And so, yeah, you know, I do find it empowering in, in the deaf community and, and some of the, the friends that I have and, and coworkers that I have that are deaf and just some in the community have expressed to me that they don't like being identified as having a disability. And for them, it's empowering to not be identified as having a disability, more of an issue related to communication and language barriers than a disability. And I do respect that point of view. You know, I have with them pushed back on it and, you know, also challenged that as well. And I, and I think that could be a really good disability dojo to have more discussion in that area because I do see it being empowering. But I also, on the other hand, see where it could also contribute to a lot of the stigma that people have with disability, because often, more often times than not, people don't want to be identified as having a disability. And, and I was one of those people for a very long time. Um, I ran from disability and acknowledging it, even though everybody else could see that I had one because when I went to go read in school, you know, it just didn't work well, you know, book in my nose. And so, yeah, I was, I was embarrassed. I was shy. Uh, I was self-conscious, insecure. And, and those still creep up here and there nowadays. You know, not too long ago, I was uh, teaching at the University of Florida and would proctor exams. And these would be classrooms with 300, you know, students stacked on top of each other. Like, you have to go out of your way not to cheat, like, because it's, desks are so close to each other that, you know, and, and I'm monitoring them. And, and, you know, I didn't want to disclose I had a disability just because I thought, you know, students would take advantage of that and cheat. And most of them wouldn't. You know, very few, if any you know, would do something like that. And again, like, you know, was I doing that also as a cop out and I was kind of embarrassed and all these other things. When I go to the doctor's office, I, I loathe having to ask for help and, and filling out paperwork, whether it's there or anywhere, you know, I'll run across and, you know, having to fill out and complete paperwork. And then, you know, I have to ask very busy people to kind of put down what they're doing to help me out. And then I, I, I feel ashamed, embarrassed. And so even me, even 52 years of doing this, I can understand why people run from it and don't want to be associated with it. Guilty as charged, you know, in that area. And at the same time, I've also grown to a place to where through my experiences, I find it's important to be empowered by having a disability and, and move more towards that direction. But to continue on the thread of how powerful the D word can be. You know, I think about the times that I've worked with veterans and, and some of them that I know personally and, and really getting to know them better and their attitudes and beliefs about disability. So veterans, especially our modern veterans that are, are coming back from our more modern combat era that we're experiencing, the predominant disability is traumatic brain injury, post-traumatic stress disorder, and uh, depression and or any combination of those. And there's others that have to do more or less with our mental health and well-being. 
And that again can range depending on the research that you look at, but upwards of 25% to a third of returning veterans are coming back with a lot of these diagnoses. And that's a lot. It's, a, it's the largest service-connected disability out there. It's more than the physical disabilities, which before were the primary disabilities from the military. And out of all these veterans coming back with these diagnoses of uh, either PTSD or TBI and uh, depression or anything that's service-connected disability related to mental health, it's like maybe 15% of them are accessing the VA or any other type of services that could benefit them and their disability. So 85% of veterans that have these service-related connected disabilities are not actively seeking resources, supports, or services to, to help them. Maybe some of them don't need it. My experience of many of them do, and that's very high-hanging fruit. And when you know, meeting and talking with many of these veterans who aren't accessing these services, meeting with veterans on campuses uh, when I was at the University of Florida and they had their own resource center, you know, why aren't they, you know, going to the disability resource center, getting the accommodations that they're entitled to and could often benefit them. Um, a very consistent theme was coming out and was that the stigma of disability, that word itself, very charged, ran from it, uh, was something that, you know, I came to find out for many reasons why. It's still learning why that might be. Still, still don't know a lot about it. But some of the things that really stuck with me was that, you know, in, in their training, the mission came first. And if someone had a disability and, and was holding the, the mission back and, you know, forward progress and et cetera, it was something that was really tried to be mitigated. And so not having it, you know, something that would hold people back, such as, you know, perhaps an injury or any of those other kind of things or mental health um, was really stuffed down. And after life in the military, it still seemed to be kind of in that box of, you know, really not wanting to bring the mission down, not wanting to bring others down, not wanting to, you know, many of these veterans weren't even disclosing this to their, their family and their friends, certainly not their employers, that they had a disability. And a lot of it was, yeah, maybe I can fulfill my mission as a husband or a wife or a brother or sister and be a good friend or what my friends think about me. And certainly the employer, again, being a huge issue. So, you know, these very brave men and women who have a courage that I won't even come to close to tasting in the face of the D word disability, uh, the stigma that's related to it. It was something that was impacting them and their abilities to get the resources that they need. And I think that's a very, very important lesson for me and, and perhaps others, I hope to, to really take seriously what, what stigma really does. What are the words that we're choosing to use to describe it, whatever it is, uh, how important it is um, because very brave people in the face of stigma aren't getting what they need. And so that's high hanging fruit. I, I, I hope we can all individually work on in our lives, helping to mitigate that stigma to promote accepting and, and safe environments for people with disabilities, especially if they're not seen, because it's not just happening to veterans. You know, it, it's happening to a lot of people with disabilities not getting the resources and services they need. And ultimately, these are the people that need them the most and they're not getting it. So this is, this is a very important issue that's near and dear to my heart for us to figure out, you know, how we can promote destigmatizing disability and what, what's our role and part in that. And at the same time, I also challenge myself and other people with disabilities who do fear stigma. Like I said, you know, when I, when I need to go ask for help and those other kind of things, I have a bit of fear. And one of my, my favorite sayings is that our fear of stigma is part of the problem of the stigma. And for me, what that means is in totality, I'm not going to perhaps have a high impact on how society sees disability and if it will change its attitudes towards it. 
And if I wait for the day that society gets its social, cultural, normative beliefs and attitudes about disability in line with my preference of what it should be, that day's never going to come, at least in this lifetime for me. And, and that's largely out of my control. And what, what is in my control is, is the fear that I have about disability, the insecurities that I have about disability, the stigmas I might be buying into about disability. Yeah, I might have that fear, but how I respond to that fear, do I lean into it? Does it derail me? Uh, working on those aspects of myself and to improve upon it, even though I do have fear, I still control my response to it. And that we have much more control over. And, and so I think those of us that do have disabilities, those of us that do have fear of stigma, that it's been preventing us from being who we are and opening our hearts and minds and uh, up into the world and trying to do things that you know, we should be aspiring towards doing, well, that's us. That's on us. That's largely in our control. So what do we have in control? What do we not have in control? And certainly how we, we face stigma and handling it and conducting ourselves, the attitudes and beliefs we're buying into it. And those that we impact, talk to and engage with, we do have control over that. That's within our control. And, and so that to me is very important and where we can do a lot of this work. So, you know, at the end of the day, who wants to be the face of disability? Who wants to come stand under the tent and be that for others? And that's not for everybody. And it's been a journey in my life to, to get to a place where I'm not as ashamed or embarrassed to have a disability. I've really grown a lot in the values and virtues that I've learned along the way and facing a lot of these fears have been very important life lessons for me. That's put me in a place where I can hopefully be of service and help to others that are, that are struggling with it and are embarrassed by it or insecure by it and, and all the other baggage that comes with the word disability. So I can understand why people might not be ready to be there and shy away from it. But I do invite others that are called to it or feel like that would be a more of an empowering place to be, to come here and come under the tent, to be a part of the community, to realize that, you know, it can be a source of strength and empowerment and inspiration, especially when we come together and collaborate in community, provide safe and brave spaces for us to be ourselves, to be authentic, to be accepting, to be kind, to create a space for kindness. The world needs more of that. So no matter what the consensus is on the word, I hope we all can come together in a community that accepts one another, that embraces one another, can create space for one another, that can be present for one another, to learn and grow together so we can be the best versions of ourselves possible and to be able to do this. And we're all different places on this path. And I just want to be there and supportive of anyone that is under the path, whether hiding from it, slowly coming around to embracing it. To, to fully standing in it and, and being a part of it. Wherever you are in there, I, I fully respect. Because at any one point, I can find myself back in any one of those places myself. So you have uh, you know, a companion, a colleague, a partner, a brother in on this journey with you, no matter where you are at on it. And maybe you're in places that I haven't got to yet. would love to hear from you, wherever you are on this journey. I, I just want to say that you're a part of a large community, even if you're not currently engaged and connecting. I hope that you find a way to do that, especially if it's helpful for you. So that is my thoughts on the, on the word disability, at least for now. There's much more to come, and I look forward to hearing from you. I hope that you all who are listening to this can send in feedback, thoughts, comments. I would love in Disability Dojo to, to have a segment where we can take input from people and kind of uh, see where it takes us from there. And to be able to also potentially somewhere down the road, maybe 
Um, this podcast can, can be a place where people come together and can connect with one another. For those that are seeking a community and could find it supportive, it uh, can be a place to do just that. It'd be nice to bring more people into this dojo. Until next time, you know, got a lot that I'm always going to be reflecting on. I invite you to reflect on these things, how they can be influential and impactful into your life and to the lives of others. I hope it's helpful. I hope it's useful. You know, I certainly know I'm going to do the best I can with what I have to learn and grow as much as I can to evolve and count on you all to help in that process because uh, it's through you all that I can become a better person myself. It's really, truly the only way. So until next time, this is the dojo signing off onward and upward. Thanks for listening to the independent life podcast brought to you by the center for independent living of North central Florida. If you like what you hear, please rate review and subscribe. And if you know anyone who might benefit from listening, share this podcast and invite them to subscribe too. For questions, suggestions, or if you have a story you'd like to share, please email us at cilncf.org at gmail.com or call us at 352-378-7474. Thanks for joining us. Until next time, support, advocate, and empower each other to live the independent life.